0: Hello, everyone. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Katrina Sawa to the podcast. Uh, She is the CEO of JumpstartYourBizNow.com, JumpstartPublishing.net, and founder of the International Speaker Network. Known as the Jumpstart Your Biz Coach, Katrina helps entrepreneurs create consistent money-making businesses the creator of the Jumpstart Your Marketing and Sales System and the Jumpstart Your Biz Focus Framework. Tell it like it is. Speaker, an international best-selling author with 20 books. Katrina has been featured on the Oprah and Friends XM Radio Network, ABC, and the CW and the LA Tribune. Welcome, Katrina, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Anne. Good to be here.
1: I love it when people ask me lots of questions. So your podcast is awesome. I love it.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, so I read on your website that you started in advertising sales and then transitioned into coaching um, and, of co- course, writing books how did you transition and what are the skills that from your previous life that brought you into the where you are now
1: well i think i th- Thank God for my sales and marketing background, first of all, because I was in a sales and marketing position since my first job. I was always selling people up from as an ice cream scooper at Thrifties to restaurant and cocktail waitress or bartender, selling people up into, you know, and then when I got into advertising, it was more about the people because I had to educate them. I felt like their teacher in their in the marketing World because people have businesses, but they don't always know how to market and sell or really how to manage a database of prospects and clients and customers, right? So, I mean, I dealt with a lot of brick and mortars back then because that's who would run ads in the paper primarily, right? People that I met in local networking. And, uh, but You know, they might know how to run their store, but they don't always think about the little things. Sometimes it's just the little things like taking the address and the phone number off a check that someone writes for you. And instead of just depositing it, you know, building a database, taking that information or putting a fishbowl out with, you know, having a contest, drop your business card and we'll pull out a winner to win a $50 gift card every month, you know, something like that. I mean, people just didn't think about, and it blew my mind. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to help these entrepreneurs, these business owners, because they would go out of business because they didn't do all the little things, right? They would throw money at the big things like the advertising and the mailers and the signs and the whatever, but then they wouldn't do the little things that really make a big difference in a smooth running money-making business machine.
0: Sure, that's huge. My background was retail brick and mortar Yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about because my mother ran her business the way her parents ran their business. But by the time I came along, life had completely changed. Yes. So and now it's changed even more. So that's so, so important. And unless you understand um, automation and systems, you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. And
1: technology. I mean, you, I mean, the, some of the, as a brick and mortar, you need all kinds of fancy cash registers now, and you have to learn all these POS systems, right? I mean, a lot of people we, we talk to these days are online entrepreneurs, so they don't have to deal with that. I mean, I was at the bank the other day and the teller was, I don't know how old she was. I'm going to say she was a millennial though. And she couldn't even count the change back to me. I'm like, Oh my God, what is this world coming to? Right. <laughs> Like you have to know the simple things about business and, and math and like dealing with customers and clients. And so technology has made it simple for us in many ways, but it's also handicapped a lot of people, a lot of us in business, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so you say that you work with a variety of businesses now and you started in brick and mortar. How has that shifted um, your clients in the entrepreneurial space? Yeah. Well, the first three years of my business, I didn't
1: know that I could have clients all over the world. You just don't know what you don't know, right? I didn't know what I didn't know. And nobody told me because everybody I was hanging out with were in the local business chamber and stuff. And I didn't know they were I didn't know if they were doing business outside of that. It wasn't until one of my friends said, you need to come to this workshop with me down in L.A. I'm in Northern California. And I'm like, but I can't afford it, right? And I had, it was like a $3,000 ticket just to go to this workshop. Back then people were getting it plus a flight, plus a hotel. And I'm like, okay, I'll just put it all on the credit card, whatever. I'm going to roll the dice. I trust that she knows what to tell me. Right. And it blew my mind. What I learned, uh, that people were, first of all, they were making like $500 an hour. I'm like $500 an hour. I'm like, I think at the time I was like 59, $59 an hour. And I'm like, holy cow, people are paying you that. And then I was like, Oh, and you're working with them over the phone. What? This was before zoom and video. And right. This was 20, 20 years ago. Um, And I'm like, blew my mind. But until you don't, if you don't know what you don't know until, you know, you don't know how to restructure your business. So, I mean, I came home from that workshop and I just went to town, reorganizing my whole business, raising my rates. I think I went up to 125 or something is all I could say without stuttering at the time. And uh, so then I changed my rates, I changed how I was working and yeah, it's kind of transitioned me into other people around the country on, on the phone, right? That was way back when with teleclass lines instead of zoom lines.
0: <laughs> sure. How much that has changed
1: right? even within
0: the last year Yeah, or the when last two back. years where everyone has moved over to zoom.
1: I know, but back then you'd have to do your hair and makeup every day just to be on a call with somebody. <laughs>
0: it's true um so tell us a little bit about the international speaker network and how that plays into the, the other parts of your business
1: yeah so i i knew from the beginning of my business that speaking was a big thing so i was speaking in the local area and at meetings and stuff and i would go to meetups and all that kind of thing and there was a local uh speaker meetup that met once a month or something. So I was in that. And I don't think I was in any other speaking organizations at the time, but I knew the power of speaking because when you can speak one to many instead of one-on-one, it's just faster to get more clients, right? And so I joined that group and then it changed hands and then it was going to change hands again. And at that point when, when uh, I don't know, it was probably six years ago when I said, well, I'll just take it over. And so I took it over and I did some local stuff for a while, but then I started the Zoom meetings. Um, This was many years ago before the pandemic, I started Zoom meetings and a local meeting and then the local meeting just started fizzling out. So I'm like, well, I'll just take it local or, you know, virtual. And that's when I changed the name to the International Speaker Network and just made, I had a lot of friends that were speaking at that point. And, you know, this was 12... 14 years into my business. So I'd already met a lot of people, gone to lots of conferences, had a lot of connections. So I just knew that it was a good place to network. That's what I established it as a networking group for speakers to learn tips about, you know, speaking more, getting gigs and to connect and find other people who like yourself have a podcast we get on and
0: that kind of thing. So that's the birth of the speaker network. (laughs) Sounds wonderful. So you have the jumpstart your biz quiz. Yeah. Um, you you work with people who have established businesses, but you also work with people who are just beginning. Where? How do you start? If you're someone who is just thinking about creating a business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, it depends what kind of business, because, I mean, like I do, I have a variety of clients. I still have some brick and mortars, like in the home improvement industry, roofing companies, flooring companies. And then I have lots of online entrepreneurs, coaches and stuff. So it really kind of depends on which business you're going to start. First, you have to get super clear on what you want to do, what you're passionate about, what you're really good at, and... One that can make money, right? So sometimes people are passionate about doing something. Like I'm going to create, I'm going to paint on these rocks, okay? Like I have a little rock that says strength on it, right? That's not a very high money-making thing. Maybe we should rethink that and find something different, right? So first we have to figure out what that looks like. If you do need an actual location for people to come in, then of course you might need funding and all that kind of thing and a build-out. But there's there's a lot I don't talk to those as many as much, but I know how to get that kind of a business started. Most of the time we're working out of our homes, right? The people that are probably listening to this are probably working out of their home and to start it up. Or if you're trying to get out of a job and you want to start a business, people always say to me, well, I just need to, I need to replace my income from my job in my business. And I need to do it like in two months or six months. And I'm like, well, That's not a realistic expectation. Just saying, especially if you're making 125 or even 80 or more, Um, is it possible? Yes, but most people don't get to 100 thousand until you know three years into their business, maybe longer. And the average um, statistic for like what a small business makes is like seventy thousand ever in their business, right? And some of them don't even get past 30. So your first year, you might make 30 if you're lucky, right? But then hopefully the second year you make 70 and then maybe you'll make a hundred. I mean, that's more of a realistic expectation and think about doubling it in those first two or three years. Um, I'm just, I'm a realist. I like to think big and have a bigger goal and help people push them beyond their limits to raise their rates and and think of a higher amount they can charge. But if you're selling something for a hundred bucks or 200 bucks uh, or, you know, it's going to take you a long time to make a lot of money. So you really have to wrap your head around, how can I sell something for 500 or 5,000 or 10,000? Like, so when you think about the kind of things you're selling versus what you really want to make, and the quantity of the things you need to sell to get there, you can do the crunch your numbers a little bit better and get a more realistic um, expectation of your revenues. And you also don't have to replace your corporate income because think about the corporate revenue minus the taxes they take out and all this, right? And really, you just need enough to survive without the job. And then once you lose that 40 hours that you're working, then you have 40 hours to put in your business. So you have so much more time to double and triple your revenues when you can just get out and be comfortable enough. Like, you know, I call it your need number, your need number worksheet. So I have a worksheet on that, on how to figure out what that number might be, because it's not necessarily replacing your corporate income. That's a long answer to a short question.
0: (laughs) No. So what you're saying is we all need to plan. We do need a plan, but we also need realistic
1: expectations. You can have stretch goals, you know, have a goal. No, I want you to have a high goal, but I don't, I don't want, I want you to have realistic expectations. So you make plans accordingly. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So on your website, you say that um, you have 462 things that you need to know as an entrepreneur. Why 462? <laughs> I don't know. I'm famous for just pulling numbers out of my hat, <laughs> yeah, out of my head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do this on webinars and stuff and I'm like, okay, there's 115 things you need. Da, da, da. I mean, I'm just, it is kind of random, but it almost is true. Like literally I, could, if I had to make a list, it would be hundreds of things that we have to know how to do. I mean, literally we have to know how to type. We have to know how to buy the right microphone. We have to know how to, uh, I mean, there's lots of things. There's lots of things. We have to know how to interview, right? We have to know how to create a free offer. I mean, that's just some of the things you don't normally even think about. You have to know how to sell and market, but there's a lot of things under selling and marketing. There's probably a hundred under each one, right? So yeah, it's kind of a joke, but it's not. <laughs> it's
0: on my YouTube, no. that video. <laughs> I heard um, someone recently say that they needed an assistant. But what they really needed to do before hiring someone was to have somebody just follow them and shadow them through the day <laughs> and write down everything they did. Because there are so many things that we do that we don't think about. I know. That's that we just we just don't think about it until we have to explain it to somebody else yes and then i get totally drowned because it it becomes overwhelming yeah because we don't think about everything that we do um so where do people where do most people have the largest challenging uh, challenges when trying to create a system for their business. Well, part of it is not
1: knowing what. So, I when I started delegating to an assistant, I was I'm not a delegate. I mean, I was never really a trainer. I'm better as a sales or speaker type person, right? Um, and so to get into and I do the nitty gritty. Don't get me wrong. I'm very detail oriented and organized. But when I was trying to hire and get someone to do something that I would normally do, like you just said, I literally wanted them to learn by osmosis because I didn't know how to teach them, right? So creating what's called the standard operating procedures, right? People say you need SOP for that, right? So SOP is just a process. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It can be a, a word document and a, and a step one, step two, step three. This is what I say. This is what I do. This is where I click. This is whatever. This is what the screen looks like when I'm on here. Um, creating that process. So I think one of the first things I ever delegated was, um, I used to do a networking calendar every month. So it would come out on like the first of the month or right before the first. And I would literally research all the different events in my local area. So it was like a, it was like a three County area that I researched. So it took me three hours to pull all the stuff from all the websites where all the events were for business owners and I would put it into this like four page, like 12 point font single spaced calendar. It was like a list. And I would send it out on my email and to tell somebody what to how to create that, because it wasn't really a good use of my time to create that. I mean that so I had to tell people I go to all these sites and this is how I format it and this is how I put it in order and this is how I link the things and this is how I da-da-da. And you just have to tell somebody exactly how you do it. And so these days there's zoom. You can literally go on zoom and press record and screen share something that you're doing on your computer. Right. And so how to change a webpage, how to put a blog post in. Um, so I like, do that. Even though I have techie people, there's certain things I don't want them to miss, right? Like if they clone a blog post to create a new blog post, they clone an old one to create a new one, I want them to change the URL. I want them to change the name. I want them to go down to the SEO and put all those things in. So I know that's more detail than you probably wanted, but people don't think like that. They don't think about all these little things and these little things make a huge difference because if you don't update that meta description, guess what? Traffic's not coming to that blog post, right? Organic traffic. So there's a lot of things to think about. And most, I mean, most people just get, I don't want to know any of that, Katrina. (laughs) You know, so I'm like, okay, well, then we got to hire the right person for these jobs. It's not usually one person. It's multiple people. Because not everybody is focused on everything that we need to do. And so I don't know if that's the answer you wanted, but that's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of systems and it, people think, oh, it's the software. Well, I have Kajabi or I have ClickFunnels or whatever. It's not the system. It doesn't matter. You don't have to spend a lot of money on tech to have systems and automation.
0: So True. So true. I'm forever um, going back to Excel spreadsheets with lists (laughs) of everything I have to do for certain tasks Yeah. because I know as well that I'm going to forget something.
1: Yeah. And some people are visual people. Some people are list people. So you could make mind maps. You can do spreadsheets. You can do whatever works for you. There's no perfect way. Yeah.
0: Wow. (laughs) Um, so one of the other things you mentioned on your website is the difference between doing versus being, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I had to learn this lesson the hard way
1: because I'm a doer in case you can't tell, you know, I was like, okay, what do I need to do next? What do I need to do? What do I need to get my clients? What do I need to do before the end of the year? So I can actually get more money coming in. What do I need to do on my website to make people come? What do I need to do on social media? Ugh. So I was constantly about the doing right. And I hired coaches and they would tell me stuff to do. And then I was, it would take me six years to get to 100,000. But that year before, the year that I said, okay, this has to be the year, I am sick and tired of not hitting it, right? I hired this mentor and he said, I can help you make more money. And I said, great. And I thought he was talking about telling me what to do. And I sorely, and I learned that him and the group of other entrepreneurs that was in a mastermind, like 15 of us, and I would go to these meetings, I would fly across the country and I would, you know, three days in this room with a mastermind and I would get up in front of the room. It's my turn, right? Okay. I've got 45 minutes. Everybody's focused on me. What can I, what do I need to do? These are the things I'm doing right now. This is where I'm at. What should I do differently in order to make 200,000? And they would just tell me, Katrina, just be. And I'm like, I don't know what how to. Like, I don't get it. What do I need to do to be? I don't understand the being. Like, what's just be? Be love, Katrina. Be love. And I'm like, that didn't compute. I was. I mean, I cried. I cried all year long because that's all they would to really tell me. And I don't think I did anything different in my business that year except for cry and go to these meetings where they would tell me to just be love. But I must have done something different. But I don't. I didn't do anything different. If you know what I mean. And at the end of the year, I made a hundred, a hundred, over a hundred thousand. And I also found who I thought was going to be the love of my life. So I found love and money at the end of the year. I always say like love and money, love plus money equals happiness. Right. Cause so I'm like, Oh, I found it. And so, <laughs> so I've learned I have to breathe and be, and sometimes just chill and not do. And it all works out and just trust that it's all going to work out in the end.
0: Yeah, I think the most important word is trust. trust. And I think as uh, as business people and entrepreneurs, we have a tendency to not be the most patient people in the world. Yes. Because we think you do X, Y, Z, and you get to where you want to be. And, yeah. But as we were saying before, so much changes. And we can't foresee the future. So sometimes you're right. Sometimes we just have to sit back and, and trust.
1: And I have some clients that are just like me, they're doers and I need to chill them out a little bit or, you know, say go on a date night or put the work down on Friday and don't come back for the weekend, you know, so I have to give them that nudge. And then I have clients that are just on the other end like they're the beers and they don't do a lot and they're just like I just want to be in love and I just want to be creative and all, 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 all. And I'm like okay yes do that however I need you to do these two things like you got to send an email and you got to do this like you got to do a couple things to get more leads coming in and sales coming in and so
0: that yeah <laughs> it's, fun. it's fun. I, yeah um, so you've written 20 books. Tell us about your books, uh, where we can find them and a little bit more about the thinking behind each of them or <laughs> not okay. each of them, but the thinking. Yeah. I will tell you
1: that I, in the beginning, I'm like, I don't care about being an author. Like I never thought about being an author. I didn't care. Why would I want to, I, my brain, my sales brain was like, why don't I want to sell something for $20 and at, twenty when I can sell a $200 thing, a $2,000 thing, or a $20,000 thing? Why would I sell a $20 thing? Because I know authors don't make a lot of money on books. I knew that. However, then I saw a lot of my friends doing a book or a chapter in a book and then getting on stage and getting a speaking gig with that topic or whatever, or getting in the media. And I'm like, Oh, the book is for marketing. Okay. Now I'll become a book, an author. So the first three books that I was in, I wrote a chapter in, so it was a compilation book. So there's, they're up here and they're, um, I thought, okay, well, I have time to write a chapter because that's just a long blog post, right? And so I wrote chapters in three different books. And that first book I was in, I actually got on my local TV station as an author of the book, right? I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. And that's why I did a couple of them. I didn't have time to write my own full book until 2000. I started in 2009. I will tell you it took me three years to get that full book done because it's your baby. And when it's the whole thing, I mean, you just judge yourself too much. I think I know I did. And, um, and I felt like the story, it was the love yourself successful book, but now I have two editions cause I wrote it back and I finished it back in 2012 and published it the first time. And, um, but I didn't think it was done until, you know what I mean? I felt like I had to go through some more stuff before I could finish it. Like I had to go through that guy. I thought that was the love of my life ended up breaking my heart on my 40th birthday. And so, Oh, and I didn't get the book done to after that. So I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. I'll add that in because the love life, it has everything to do with how much money you're making in your business. In my opinion, if you're not happy in your personal life, it will affect your money and your revenue. So you got to be happy in your love life. I don't care if you're happy and single, that's fine. But you got to have a good relationship with yourself and other person. Anyways, so that was that book. And when I finally got that book out, I'm like, ooh, well, that okay, now that's over. <laughs> like it took me probably six years to do my own full second book, which is the Jumpstart Your New Business Now book, which became actually... It was a training program that I did online and I transcribed it and then I finessed it a little bit and that became the book. So that was not too difficult. It didn't take as long as the first book. And then once I did that book, I'm like, oh, it's cheaper if I just do it myself. So that's when I started the publishing company in 2018, because I'm like, well, I'm going to publish this book by myself. Why would I pay someone $6,000 when I can do it for $100,000 myself, right? And so yeah, that's when I figured out the publishing stuff. I asked a couple of my friends and but and the rest of them you see are all compilations. So I continue to do chapters and other books because it's a great promotion every year to do a book or two.
0: It really is. Sure. It's a it's a great way to be seen. It but is. it's also People want to know who you are. So it's a great way to learn more about who you are, especially for people who are planning on working with you.
1: Yes. And the Love Yourself Successful book, I I mean, the first year or the first few months it came out in that speaker network group that I used to go to, someone bought the book. And like two weeks later we had a call and she hired me for $14,000, right? Because I had a book and because she learned my story and she, read the story. So it is, it was, it's really important, I think, to get your story out there, whether you do, I call it my story book. That's my story where it's mostly story, but there's some strategy mixed in whereas the business book is all strategy with a little story mixed in. Right. And so it, there's a lot of different kinds of books you can write. I say write the one that's going to get done the fastest first (laughs) because then the second one's always easier. Yeah. But you have to start someplace. So yeah, it's good to start with whatever's faster, please. If it's a tip book or quote book or compilation, do that. It's just faster to get something going. And then please make sure it's highlighted. Like this is my stage, right? My Zoom room is my stage. And so, you know, I can't people you have to showcase your work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll have to remember that because I know there's a book there inside me someplace. I just haven't found it yet.
1: Yeah. Well, you you're the ask lady, right? So you should have a question of a Q&A like oh my god, can you imagine if you put all your Q&As in the book that was just everything you need to know about business or whatever, entrepreneurship? Yeah. That would be good. I'll have
0: to think about that. That's
1: great. That one's already done. You can just transcribe your stuff and clean it up with an
0: editor and it's done. Just saying. So the quiz on your website is jumpstart your biz quiz. Tell us more about um, how you decided to do that particular quiz, um, the questions and where it takes someone. Yeah. Well, I've,
1: been in business for 20 years, right? Um, and it's, I, you learn a lot about a lot. A lot. And I, I had to really reflect on, okay, what are the biggest area, like what are the most important areas for entrepreneurs to continually focus and tweak and evolve, right? And it really does. So the quiz walks you through those top five areas, business foundations, marketing, sales, systems, and uh, one other, and I can't remember what it is, but very important. Those are the five most important areas. And it really does talk about, um, it it helps you evaluate where you are currently, right? And you could take it over and over to see if you've improved, but the It shows you where you need to focus, where the holes in your business are, and then you know how to proceed. Too many people just, you know, throw darts at what they're going to work on in the following year, right? And whenever it is, you have to, I mean, you can tweak your plan. So if, you know, if you're listening to this and it's, you're already into your plan for the year, Don't worry about it. You can tweak it and evolve it, change it. You can change businesses. You can do whatever you want because you're an entrepreneur. That's what I say. Okay. But you have to know where the holes and opportunities are. So if you're not clear on those, you want to take a quiz like this. It took me a long time to develop this quiz with a couple other experts and mentors So that I could really hone in on what needs to, what needs to be done, right? The doing, what need to do. And then we put it in order of importance for you so that you are not spinning your wheels and wasting time in the wrong places. You are focused, you have a focused plan of action and you're staying on target to make a lot more money doing what you
0: love. Well, I'm definitely going to be taking it again and evaluating what I've been doing. But it also makes it a lot clearer uh, when people come to you and say, listen, I need help. Then at least they're coming from a place of knowing some of where the holes are in their business plan. Yes,
1: yeah, because a lot of times people will say, oh, I'll be talking on the phone just as an inquiry kind of a call, right? And then I'll be like, well, what is your website? Let me look at your website and see where you're at there. And they're like, oh, I just got it done. It's brand new. It's fine. <laughs> they say that a lot. And then I go to the website. And I'm like, okay, it looks pretty but I don't see anywhere for anybody to opt in or I don't see a video of you or I have all these things, right? Anywhere from three to 30 things that I can usually pick out on a website that is a missed opportunity or a hole that needs to be filled, right? For really a more effective customer journey and sales for sales. So people don't just don't see, they don't see it. And so just be open to if you have a third set of, you know, a second or third set of eyes on what you're doing, you'll uncover more opportunity. It's more opportunity. It's not what's wrong. It's what's available to continue to tweak and evolve so that you can
0: make bigger impact and make a lot more money. How oh, wonderful. So how can where can people find you? So,
1: um, the website is the main website is jumpstartyourbiznow.com. And if you go to the resources page, there's a free training page. You can take the quiz there. You can find the need number worksheet that we talked about there and a couple other audios that I've, uh, and even webinar training. So one hour webinar, there's a lot of stuff on there that you can do to check me out and try me out and you can learn about the publishing there. There's a lot of stuff. It just I'm a very open book, so I'm happy to answer any questions anybody has, but you have to reach out and say, hey, I have a question. Because if you don't, then you're just sitting there in indecision or confusion or overwhelm, and you're not getting anywhere. So don't do that.
0: How <laughs> oh, wonderful. And all of your information will be in the show notes. So we have um, you, your URLs plus your Facebook Uh, information and some other social media information so if you're looking for Katrina please check out the show notes I can't thank you enough for joining me today and I wish you many many successes in the coming year but thank you so much for joining me thank you Anne thanks for joining us Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit JustWantedToAsk.com. Thank you.